Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am Lucky, and welcome back to the Mental Health Casual podcast. Uh, Today, we're going over to the mental illness subreddit, not to be confused with the mental health subreddit that we went to. Uh, I'm kind of (laughs) kind of just, you know, I I decided maybe with the mental health uh, subreddit, it it would be a little bit more, um, what would you say, uh, preventative kind of stuff and or preemptive kind of advice. This mental illness stuff might be more like after uh, you you figured out you've had a mental mental illness or uh, are assuming that you do. Um, But yeah, before we get into that, if any of you guys are new here, this is basically what I do. I just go to different subreddits that have anything to do with mental health and try and give some generalized advice and try and learn something new. But I'm by no means a professional, so feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life however you see fit. So yeah, I I think it's interesting. I've... um, you know, I, I've been sleeping in this last week. Um, I don't know. I felt I, I, I'm kind of like dealing with a lot of thoughts, not not intrusive thoughts, but just like what should I be doing? Because, you know, I'm waiting for a background check to happen before I go to work and everything. But I've been thinking about it and I was like, you know what? I'm in a transition period in my life. And I just started reading this book called Transitions by, um, hold on, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I'll be able to tell you if I if I've seen, okay, there it is. Um, who is the author here? I'd like to give him credit. William Bridges. Um, I, I've read a little bit of it. I've read like maybe the first 15 pages, but I'm really liking where where he's coming from. Just kind of talking about how people in transition, it, it's it's hard for us to be in transition and now this is my own interpretation of it. So this isn't from what I read in the book, but um, because he's only just introduced like the topic. But one of the things I've noticed is in transition, if you don't practice being in that transition period, it almost feels like suffering no matter, even if it's good, even if it's like a good transition, there's still some fear and, and, um, and I guess apprehension towards it, at least in my experience, I, I'm sure there's everybody's different. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed in this transition period is um, I, I'm so I, I'm not used to, you know, working eight hours. I haven't worked eight hours for like a long time, for about like two years. Um, and like, you know, all of a sudden my mind just goes into should I be doing going in, should I be hitting the ground running? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Um, I need to do this because of this. So my mind's kind of been all over the place recently. Um, and I've tried to kind of calm down, but I, I started realizing, you know, I didn't, I, I don't like to allow myself to suffer. And I think that's something that sometimes we have to learn to deal with and face head on. You know, I've talked a lot about during this week, uh, anxiety and the importance of, of facing your anxieties, not just running away from them uh, or, or your fears. Um, and I think that's really, really um, kind of what I'm trying to apply to this right now, not trying to run away from this transition. Um, if you guys remember, I don't I don't know if I had this on like the regular podcast, but I had a gentleman on named uh, Alexander Shia, uh, who's pretty... Um, you know, he's pretty well known in like the Christian world. Uh, and one of the things that he had has this thing called the quadrados that he teaches and makes long story short, it's basically the cycles of our lives told through the, the, 
the gospel, you know, there's, there's four uh, books in the gospel, Mark, Luke, John. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm missing one, aren't I? <laughs> Mark, Luke, John. Uh... Am I, is, it, is it Matthew? Is that the other one that I'm missing here? Is that the other one? Sorry, I'm not a great Christian. I, I, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a great Christian. <laughs> but anyway, um, Nope, it doesn't say here. Well, forget these people. Yeah, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And basically, it, it, if you want to think about it like uh, non-religiously, uh, then you can think about it as the, the changing of the seasons, right? There is, uh, I guess, which one do you start with? It, I, I guess, let's just start with um, with uh, summer, spring, oh, sorry, what am I saying? Summer, fall, winter, spring, right? Um, so summer is this joyous time. Uh, actually, no, it'd probably be better to start with spring. Sorry, I'm a little scatterbrained right now. Spring, so everything's growing, right? Typically, this is when all the leaves are growing, all that kind of stuff. You have summer, the heat's starting to come in, but it's still a joyous time. Usually, this is when we have vacations, um, all that good stuff. Then comes fall, things start to die. Things start to uh, the trees are dying, all that kind of stuff. And then you have winter, which is typically dark, cold, and um, uh, usually seen as as depressing in some ways, right? I, I personally like winter, but I can also understand the depression that comes with it. Um, but if you don't try and transition from, if you don't do a full transition into the next stage, you end up trying to stay. An example would be, I always use the, the example of addiction, right? Addiction to me is a lot like staying in the joyous phase, right? Of maybe spring or summer and just never leaving, never wanting to leave. But no matter what you do, you still end up, everything around you still follows the ways of the seasons, but you're trying to not, you're trying to escape reality. And that uh, never really goes very well. So um, I'm trying to embrace these transitions a little bit more and trying to, uh, you know, accept the suffering that comes with them. Um, and also let myself try and be excited for the, the, the future as well. So anyway, uh, that was a pretty long rant right there. Why don't we get straight into the mental illness subreddit? Um, let's see. Why, 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 why do I have such, uh, so such strong sexual urges like once or twice a month? I don't feel like it's normal. I'm guilty of it and it makes me feel terrible, but I fe feel the urge so strongly it gets difficult to control. I then have extreme thoughts about activities I do. Nothing, though, but the urges are annoying and they end up just hurting me because I cannot fulfill them and I don't want to even get, but it's get so frustrating. I don't know why this happens. Um, I there, There's a couple of things. Um, so, okay, so, okay, so um, the perfect uh, example of this. So somebody asks uh, down below, this is a female, they ask, are you a female? Something similar happens to me. I figured out that this happens when I'm ovulating and this person says yes. And I also feel like that is around the time when I'm ovulating like, like, uh, like right now. Um, so there's nothing to be ashamed of here. I don't know exactly like, are you, ha this is what I would ask, right? Are the thoughts that are coming to you like very explicit thoughts, meaning um, more extreme than you would want, uh, I, whatever that may be, right? Uh, I'm not talking about fetishes. I'm talking about like straight illegal activity. If that's what you're talking about, then obviously you want to have that addressed. Um, there's also, and this is going like really far, but there is 
there are sometimes people who have bipolar who uh, bipolar uh one wait, no I think it's bipolar one that typically has i'm not i can't remember off the top of my head might be bipolar two but um bipolar one uh where they have this this uh sensation of mania and with mania comes feelings of euphoria but also apparently sometimes people have actually their libido has gone way up and they they some people will act on it in a very, sometimes in dangerous ways sometimes just you know they'll just have maybe more sex than usual um so yeah uh if as long as it's nothing like if you're just having intense sexual thoughts during your ovulation that's pretty normal at least from what i've heard from women um usually during ovulation or um uh like i think it's 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 like ovulation and uh is usually the time when they're like they really on it right um whereas guys you know we we just feel it all the time or i mean and sometimes guys will have the same thing with bipolar where uh they'll switch by the way just completely this is like this is anecdotal i haven't looked at the evidence of this i've only heard people's stories about these things uh but sometimes guys will end up um having a manic episode and they'll want to they'll just have this extreme uh libido happen because they're so like such in like high spirits but they're like even higher than usual so um but yeah as long as uh these urges aren't uh destroying you meaning they're not uh uh creating unsafe habits for you meaning uh to go even further uh, you're not having unsafe sex you're not doing unsafe things i i don't know how old you are i'm i'm assuming i'm assuming you may come from more of a conservative background it's just i'm not talking about politics or anything like that i'm just talking about the way that your household is ran um so maybe this is why you don't want this uh kind of stuff to come out but yeah, otherwise, um, I don't think you need to feel. Um, I don't think you need to feel ashamed or anything like that. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and once again, you you may be pretty young as well. Uh, you know, sometimes you know young girls will feel this way. They hide it. They hit it really well for me. Or maybe I just wasn't the one triggering <laughs> the strong emotions. But um, <laughs> but yeah, usually usually ovulation. There, there's nothing. There's nothing like uh, uh, you know. Um, bad about it it's just uh nature just, just like young boys when they you know get their first erection and they don't know they, you know they, they want to do something right they, they're like oh what do i do with this right it, there's nothing wrong with like figuring stuff out but or you know if you wake up from like a, I, do, I remember i used to feel so guilty um after waking up from a wet dream i'm like oh my god i'm i have no control it because it, it, it almost feels like wetting the bed like you you should have control over this but you don't that kind of stuff um so be careful with the 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 uh, the feeling of of shame that you're bringing to yourself afterwards. It's it, it's most likely not going to help you in the long run. So you want to try and keep that uh, under control as much as possible. Um, anyway, let's go to the next post here. How can I not feel guilty or spiral again? I have an eating disorder. It has been about a year since it developed, and it it really sucks. It's been uh, I've been trying to restrict myself from eating more and more this past month. But today I broke and ate a muffin. I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but every time I eat something, I immediately spiral into a self-hate. Excuse me. And I and a strong want to commit un uh, unalive. In other words, commit suicide. Um, how can I get past this feeling of self-hate and guilt? Well, I'll tell you, I, actually, I I can use myself as an example in this. Um, I've been going crazy this week. I've just been eating whatever I want, um, whenever I want, and 
you know, I know that I'm so I'm uh, this isn't great for me, right? It's not good to 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 do. I've I've had some things where like I'll I'll uh, mostly be okay, but uh, some days, man, I'm just going crazy. Like I had pizza this this morning for breakfast, right? Um, and I've started to notice, man. You know, when I started including cheat meals into my cheat days or cheat meals into my diet, um, I realized that I was creating an un unhealthy habit for myself. And I, I, I you know, I, I've done these uh, vid- a couple of videos on the Mind Pump guys. A couple of videos? I feel like it's one or two. But anyway, one of the things that they had mentioned was quit calling your quit. You know, quit calling it a cheat meal basically calling out the rock to a certain degree. But I listen, I think there's going to be some people that thrive off of it and that's totally fine. But they said, quit calling it a cheat meal. If you want to eat it, then just eat it. You're creating a terrible, um, you're creating a, um, un, an unhealthy relationship with food. And I didn't really, I didn't really think about that. I didn't really think about it that way, but that's true. Right? Like if you, like uh, if you assign a label to it, and this goes back to like narrating things, like creating a, a narrative there that isn't really there, um, it can create unhealthy habits, right? Um, almost as if, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. It becomes taboo. And what happens with taboo thing? Now, this is me talking right here, right? Like I, we've stopped with the mind pump train of thought. Uh, what happens when we do tab when there are taboo things, right? Most of the time, we end up wanting to do it more because we've created this thing that is taboo. We have, you know, and by the way, things are taboo for a reason, right? Um, but uh, when you create this big, whole big deal, oh, it's my cheat day, right? Like you're putting it on a, a different pedestal. You're almost worshiping that cheat day. You're almost looking forward to that cheat day and just, oh my God, well, you know, it, it, it almost reminds me of... Um, uh, like actually, if you want to think about it, like a cheat, uh, cheating on your wife, you know what I mean, or something like that. Like if you can't do something without cheating on it, then you're probably doing something wrong in your own relationship with food. You know what I mean? Um, I, I got that particular metaphor from uh, uh, Coach Greg Doucette, although I think I changed it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's true, right? Like you know, he he always says like, listen, I can eat pizza. I it, it's just uh. You know, I have to I have to reduce my calories a little bit, but you know, if I if I want to, I can eat pizza. It's not like that big of a deal. I did I never really thought about it like that. I was like, oh man, this guy's that's true. I didn't think about that. There, you know, what's a big deal? And I I, I granted it is kind of a big deal because like a whole pizza is like a thousand calories, and I can eat that in one go. Um, but at the same time, you really have to the the more judgment you throw at yourself for this. The worse you're gonna feel, and the more you're gonna want to punish yourself with those uh, those foods. Um, so instead of becoming a cheat, it becomes a punishment, um, and the punishment becomes, uh, you know, the, the the longing for punishment becomes uh, you just eating yourself, you know, to to destroy your goals and everything like that. So um, be very careful of that. If you want to have a muffin, then maybe think about uh doing uh guilt-free muffins uh, there are a bunch of different recipes that i've heard of um they're all i mean you could also uh maybe substitute the muffin for i have uh i do like i, I started incorporating oatmeal again and i do like uh, so i have the regular oatmeal but i also have like the sugar oatmeal stuff right like, you know strawberries and cream and all that stuff um and it's freaking good man and it's only like 100 calories per like a uh, little packet and everything 
Um, so I can get a good amount of like oats and everything if I combine those two. And it tastes freaking awesome, man. So uh, it, it depends on what you're trying to do, you know. Um, but in terms of this, uh, you have to be careful about assigning um, these th th these foods to your not eat list, you know. Uh, I was actually just talking to my cousin the other day who's a financial advisor, and he was mentioning, like, you know, sometimes people just want to, uh, and, you know, I, I'd mentioned this as well, but sometimes people just want to get straight away to the goal, right? Oh, if I just cut out this, but they're not looking at the long term, they're looking at the short term. Well, if I can just cut out this, but what can you do, like, for long term? I mean, like, an uh, example would be, um, let me see here. What, what, would, what would something be? Um, Okay, well, if I just cut the internet off, I would save this much, uh, this amount of money a year or something like that. Well, I mean, can you cut the internet off? I can't. I, my, you know, most of my hobbies are on the internet. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't not be on the internet. Um, maybe you could do that for a week. Maybe you could do that for two weeks. But, you know, after a while, you'd have to get back to work. I'd have to get back to doing videos and stuff. Um, so people cutting out things that they know they can't cut out, especially in the first part of it. I'm not saying that you can't eventually cut things out, but yeah, like I said, I don't think people are uh, considering the long run when they're talking about a lot of these things. So for this girl, I would just say that, um, you know, if anything, don't assign a narrative to it. You ate the muffin um, and it's time to move on. I cheated this basically. Uh, okay. I, I said, I said the word, I said the word, sorry. I um, ate a lot of food that maybe I shouldn't have this week. I'm going to move on. You know, that's the important part is I, you have to move on from there. Um, as for other things you can do, I'm sure some CBT, something like that would probably help you out kind of getting to the point where you can reason out like, okay, is it, it's one muffin. Um, I'm not, I, I I'm not going to gain a bunch of weight from this, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, also if you end up eating really low amounts of calories, uh, it could get to the point where your body isn't used to dealing with them. Now, I'm not saying you have to eat a bunch of calories, but, you know, um, eating like too few calories can actually get it to the point. This is from what I've heard um, to the point where you actually legitimately like you can't uh, your your body's not used to metabolizing that much that many calories. So anytime you do like you do go over like you gain like crazy. So you might want to try and figure out like a consistent calorie count for you right so anyway uh let's see over here inconsistent is the next post here does anybody have any tips on remembering to take your medications every day i swear i'm the most inconsistent person i know i have alarm set at 9 a.m 10 a.m and 11 a.m and somehow i still forget to take my meds some days my moods now come in waves and of, of extreme highs and lows and it's mentally draining help a girl out um sure so uh depends on what else you're doing um this is just uh, since you're a girl i am not saying that every girl does this but if you're taking um uh birth control you can take it so in other words taking it with other medication that you already take it with uh, would be a good thing i do wait do women take birth control every day i can't remember pretty sure they do any any women out there want to help me out with this um the other thing is uh do it with food so that's one thing that typically people will stick to uh, like a schedule on um so i used to uh it's been a while since i took in meds um so I had to, so here's what I had to do. So I had to take, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was one, one Zoloft. Oh, did I take two? Oh my God. I can't remember. I feel like I had to take two medications, one at one in the morning, one at night. And then I had, uh, one half of a tablet of Risperidol. 
uh, antipsychotic. Uh, by the way, the Zoloft is antidepressant for anybody that's wondering. Um, and so I would take the first stuff in the morning, um, and I would take it with breakfast. And then afterwards, um, at night, right before I went to sleep, I would take uh, – no, not right before I went to sleep. I think it's like a 12-hour – you have to take it every 12 hours or something like that. So I would take one at like – when did I eat breakfast? Like 8, 7, something like that. Then I would take the other one at 7. And it was pretty easy for me to remember that because those were usually my eating times anyway. So try and take it with a meal. Um, that my my grandparents are actually like you learn learn something from older people like you know when they take all the they they bring out their their big old vitamin case or whatever they have that has Monday through Friday or Monday through whatever um, learn from them because they usually will take them before they eat or or something like that right um, that's actually a good method to try and do because typically we won't change eating schedules well I mean, you might but it'll only be by like a little bit so yeah I would just say. Um, try try to uh yeah try to just do it with your food um that also helps uh, some of the the medication i was a little um regret it. It, it's just a pill so you just swallow it but every now and then it would get caught on my tongue and it'd be kind of bitter so it, either way i could just eat something afterwards and be like oh man this is great so uh yeah i would just say to do it with something that you're already doing um no matter what it may be, uh, either it's that uh, I've heard some people do this. I, it didn't really work for me, but um, having a glass of water and the medication right next to your alarm clock or whatever your phone, wherever it is, um, on a cabinet or whatever, when you go to hit the alarm clock, there is the water, there is the um, the pill that you have to take or whatever it, it may be, uh, and you can just do it right when you wake up. And then if you have to take another one 12 hours later, it's just 12 hours later, right? So usually you don't go to – you don't usually stay awake just for 12 hours and then uh, go to sleep. Do you? Hold on. Usually it's like 16 hours that you're awake during the day or something like that. So um, that's another one if that wor happens to work for you. But, yeah, try and work it around your day or, like, uh, if you happen to go to work. The only problem with that is typically you'll only work Monday through – or, sorry, not Monday through uh, five days a week. So, uh, and if you don't have a fixed schedule, it's not going to really work out too well. So, um, yeah, so, uh, I think that might be it. Uh, let's just do this last one here. Uh, I hate this is the next post. I might be selfish. My mom and dad keep asking me about my older brother and how he is doing. They, they know how close, how, uh, how we are close and he tells me things. So they always want to ask, how's your brother doing? Is he okay? Has he told you anything? But they never ask about me. They never ask how I'm feeling or how I'm doing. Do they not care about me? Is it that when they talk, sorry, why is it that when they talk, they only talk about him and what he does, but they never ask about me? I know they're worried because they, we've seen him him cut himself. We've seen the cuts. I've talked to him and he says that it's just a feeling that comes and goes, nothing serious. I cut myself too, but I don't think they know. When I cry, it's something normal because I've always been a crybaby. Then they say that uh, since I was a little girl, I used to cry for everything. When he cries, they get worried and try to do something. I admit I am jealous. I just want them to care about me like they care about him. Am I exaggerating? I never say anything about how I feel because they think uh, I think they will say that I am exaggerating things. Am I in the wrong or for feeling like this? No, I don't think you're in the wrong for feeling like this. And I just to explain a little bit. I, I think that a lot of times parents, um, when there is a, I don't want to call them, I don't want to call them that. Um, when there's a child who needs extra help, they will usually prioritize because if you think about it, there's only so many resources that parents can uh, contribute to each child, right? As much as they want the, each child to have equal resources, there are going to be some times where a, a particular child will need will 
okay, well, they'll think that they'll need more resources than the other one. Example would be me, my sister, and my brother. Now, my mom was working two, jo two jobs most of my life um, until probably like, eh, actually, no, not, not most of my life, uh, maybe till my fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Um, either way, she didn't have, so in other words, my brother actually was kind of in this, in this, uh, seat in the sense that he was the eldest out of all of us. And he really didn't get the same treatment that me and my sister had, especially my, you know, especially what I had, because my mom, I was very, very young. I'm 11 years younger than my brother. I'm six years younger than my sister. And so I got that special treatment because I was a, a young kid. Whereas my brother, when he, when my sister was born, all of a sudden he was the man of the house because my mom uh, had already divorced. Well, actually, I, I'm, trying to remember when she, I'm trying to remember when she divorced my uh, sister's dad. But either way, um, my, my brother's always had to be the man of the house, so to speak. He's always had to be the father figure. He was always the one that brought us to uh, go hiking and introduce me to new things and introduce my sister to new things. He's always been kind of the leader in the, in, in our family. And so uh, when all of a sudden, um, you know, he, he was dealing with like drinking and stuff, uh, at, at one point in his life. And, you know, I, I think my mom always thought, oh yeah, he's responsible and all that other stuff. And granted, he eventually did quit the drinking and all that kind of stuff, but that was mostly out of, um, you know, his, his, a new relationship that he'd gotten into, but, you know, for the most part, my mom was mostly looking at my sister and then you know, cause she was, she dealt with a lot when she was a kid. Uh, she was dealing with like a lot of depressive symptoms. And then I started, um, I was always like kind of the, the, the good one, so to speak, but I kind of had the, the, you know, how, um, in high school where you have that, that person who peaks in high school, that's what I did. I basically peaked in high school and I went downhill. Um, and I, I got even worse. Like my sister's never been hospitalized that I know of. Um, and so I was the only one that ever got hospitalized. So after that, I think it freaked my mom out to the point where it was like, oh, you know, Lucky's got a lot of problems going on. And granted, I, I got a lot better after that, but I still went through drug like two years, wait, two, three, no, hold on, more years, more years than that. Hold on. Seven years. Oh, jeez, Of drug. It started off as just drug use, but about a year in, it started becoming drug abuse, right? So there, there was a lot of time where I was just basically worrying my mom. And so I think she focused a lot more on me and she would talk to the other, you know, she'd cope by talking to the other guys about me, right? Um, that's just how it is, right? And uh, uh, so, and, you know, for people that don't know, my my mom is, is sing has been a single mom for a while, so... Um, you know, she only has my mom, my, my sister and my brother to, uh, to shoulder that on. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of important to remember now, are you selfish for wanting that same attention? Absolutely not. I think this is something to bring up and to tell them, listen, I'm going through a lot too. I, I, I think you should be the ones to talk to, you know, uh, whatever your brother's name is. You, you should be the one to talk to my brother. Um, I, I don't want to keep being the messenger between you guys. I have my own problems and I prefer if you guys, if you guys want to talk to me about me, then that's fine. So in other words, making boundaries, then that is, then I would be happy to do that. But if you're going to talk to me about my brother, uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, and that's totally fine. That's not selfish. That's actually, you know what? Forget selfish or anything like that, dude. Every time somebody mentions, oh, but this is so selfish. 
who cares, man? Who cares? Okay, listen, if there is some there's some things that you need to be selfish about. And one of those things are boundaries. You need to be somewhat selfish or else you're going to end up uh, attack, destroying more or uh, burning more bridges than you already. Uh, sorry. You're going to burn more bridges in the future because you're going to let, you're going to um, take your anger out on more and more people. You know, listen, there's one thing I know for sure. The bottling up method does not work. Uh, it does not work. I've never seen it work. Uh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen one instance where it didn't backfire at least once. So, uh, so try and draw that line in the sand for your for your mom and dad. And then the next time they talk to you, they can you can finally let them know. You know when they ask you, "Hey, how are you doing?" You can let them know, "I've been having some trouble. I also cut myself as well." And you can go in from there. Anyway, guys, remember you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the info box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. Don't forget, I will have a link to the mental uh, illness subreddit in the info box as well. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.